Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. You guys can have a seat. How are you? Everybody good? All right. So glad you are here today at Freedom Church. If you are brand new, thank you for coming today. And uh, we're so thankful that you are here. If you're brand new watching online, how about we give some love to people who are watching, maybe checking us out for the first time, all right? Give us some love. And if you're here anywhere in our area close by, please come by and be a part. We'd love for you to be a part in person here, and we'd love to meet you, and we're so glad uh, that you are tuning in today. We're so thankful that each one of you are here today. Now, with that being said, we've been in this series called Bear Fruit, and I want to be a fruitful person for God. And I truly believe if you, uh, that you want to be a fruitful person for God or you wouldn't be here. So we're so thankful that you are here. So that's what we've been going through over these attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. We've got just a couple more to go after today. Uh, it's been a great, great time to be able to dive into God's Word and understand what the fruit of the Spirit is. So I'm going to ask you to do me one more favor, and you probably already know who it is. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet in honor of God's Word, and I would like to ask you, if you would, for us to be able to read this out loud together if you audibly can. Here we go. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Father, thank you for your word. May it penetrate our hearts and change our lives for your glory. We pray and rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus. He has no right to be here. And we pray, God, for those that may be here hurting and broken and under a, a heavy load of things in this life, God, that you will give them relief. And most of all, that someone would find your son Jesus in their heart today. And in his name we pray, amen. Give the person next to you a high five and say, let's get started. So, did everybody get a pack of Juicy Fruit gum? If you got a pack of Juicy Fruit gum, raise your hand. All right. If you did not get a pack of Juicy Fruit gum, raise your hand. All right? Seriously. You need to make sure. Then they're going to bring you one. Look, they're coming out. Hey, it's a free pack of gum. Come on now. Especially for those of you that your breath stinks really bad. Please get, give them two packs. Two packs. All right? All right? Give everybody one. Because you've got to be a part of this, okay? Now... Here's what I know about Juicy Fruit Gum. Okay, I just came off a stage a minute ago, and we were having our kingdom prayer, you know. And, um, and what I did, when I went through back there to get my stuff to come up here and, and get ready to share with you today, I plopped in a piece of Juicy Fruit Gum, okay? Well, that's been what? Two, three minutes, right? Maybe three or four minutes during the song, right? Well, it's already nasty. See, the thing about Wrigley is... They knew that Juicy Fruit gum was going to wear out, so you would have to buy more. But the thing about this, it begins to lose its flavor. It's no, it's juicy, but it ain't fruitful. You know what I'm saying? And then, what do we want to do with the piece of gum? We want to take it out. Now, let me ask this question before God and everybody. How many of you have ever taken a piece of gum out? And you stuck it under a seat. Fess up before God and everybody. Don't lie. Go ahead and raise your hand up. Yep, I knew it. I knew it. Now, here's the question. How many of you have pulled a piece of gum out from underneath the seat and chewed it before? <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. Yeah. We got any buddy of the elves in here? 
You know what I'm saying? Buddy the Elf, he was good at that. Well, see, the thing about it is, this thing, Wrigley knew that it was going to lose its flavor, you know? And how great would it be that if Wrigley could invent a juicy fruit gum that never, ever lost its flavor? Because you just want to take it out and, and do something with it. And, and I just, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to just stash it back here so you can't see it right here. Because I'm kind of, I'm kind of over it, you know. But unfortunately, how many of us recall the bad taste, like Wrigley's Juicy Fruit Gum after a few minutes, the bad taste of unfaithfulness that permeates people's lives today? How about the unfaithfulness of a marriage covenant and someone said, I do, but no longer they do. And they bolted. Or how about that friend that you had a friend and you always thought you could trust them and you shared some information with them and they stabbed you in the back? Or how about that person that you were doing a business with and next thing you know, they were taking more than their share and being dishonest? See, we all hate unfaithfulness. It puts a bad flavor in our mouth. We want to throw it away like a piece of chewed up juicy fruit that tastes bad to us. We want the flavor of faithfulness to permeate everything in our lives, everything that we touch. We want the flavor of faithfulness in our relationships. We want the flavor of faithfulness in our friendships. We want the flavor of faithfulness with our coworkers and our neighbors and our friends. It's kind of like or is it, what's happening to it? Faithfulness seems to be fading, doesn't it? Even Solomon addressed this in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 6. Look what he says. Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. We look for them, don't we? Those that are faithful. But if we're honest and we, if we look around in our culture and where we're living, faithfulness is fading just like that piece of juicy fruit gum. It's flavor and your mouth fades away. Some people here, you may struggle to know someone that's been married more than 35 years. You may struggle to be able to know someone that's had the same friendship for more than 20 years. You may struggle to, to be able to know somebody that's worked in the same company for more than 30 years. You may struggle to know a, even a pastor that's been in the same church for more than 10 years. See, the thing about it is, when we think about it, the reason it's fading, listen to me closely, is because when it comes to faithfulness, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of commitment. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of integrity to carry out faithfulness. Really what it boils down to is when you think about our flesh, there's a battle between the flesh, that is our lives and how we think and process, and do life from our own free will. There's a battle between the flesh and spirit, but ultimately it's a battle between that versus faithfulness. Flesh versus faithfulness. Paul talked about this in the earlier part of the chapter here in Galatians 5 before we got to the fruit of the spirit. Look what it says. Beginning in verse 16 in Galatians 5. He said, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. 
And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, when you look at what he's saying here about this array of different kinds of fleshly sins that that we get pulled in those directions, as people do, he's saying that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's not saying one act of sin that you've done It's going to make you miss heaven if you ask for forgiveness. He's saying anyone that habitually lives a continued life like this will not make heaven their home. They will have gate trouble. That's what he's saying. See, faithfulness loses its flavor and it fades when the flesh is in charge. Look at the person next to you and ask them, is your flesh in charge? Ask them, is your flesh in charge? Because if your flesh is in charge, my friend, you're going to be in trouble. Your flesh is going to take you a direction far away from God. Now, the verses down below, verses 22 and 23 of the fruit of the Spirit, we're going to look at those just for a moment, what Paul says here in Galatians 5 and verse 24 and 25. He says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Now, what is he saying here in this verse? Christ died to remove the penalty of sin from my life and your sin, meaning that you've missed the mark. You haven't always done everything right. You haven't crossed the, the righteous T's and you haven't dotted all the holy I's. But when you think about what he's saying here, we die with Christ to break sin's power in our lives. That's why we've got to die out to it. He goes on to say in verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in some parts of our lives. Is that what it says? No, it's not what it says. He says that we're to follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That means I've got to follow the Lord in my spiritual walk, in my my relational walk, in my financial walk, in my professional walk, in my emotional walk. Everything about my entire being, I follow the Lord in my life. See, the Holy Spirit, when you let the Spirit lead your life in the direction that God created you for, to be able to experience what He wants you to experience beyond what your mind can imagine, the Holy Spirit enables us to fire the flesh. I want you to think about your flesh right now and say, flesh, you're fired, right? Some of you have always wanted to say that, right? right? Because somebody said it to you that was your superior. You're wanting to say that. Flesh, you're fired. You're done, okay? The Holy Spirit enables us to be able to to produce fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit is the juicy fruit that really never loses its taste. The juicy fruit is really our faithfulness. So let's think about faith and how we understand really what is faith. Well, the Lord gives every one of us a measure of faith, it says in His Word, in order that we can come to faith in Christ. 
But really understanding what faith is, is the book of Hebrews chapter 11. It's known as the Faith Hall of Fame book of the Bible. And when I tell you that, I want to ask you to do this this week. It's real simple. It won't take you but a few minutes to do it. Take your Bible or take your Bible app and read the book of the 11th chapter of Hebrews in the New Testament Bible. And you're going to have a full understanding of the faith hall of fame of heroes that God mentions. And there are men and women that by faith, how they got through this life here before they got on the bleachers in heaven cheering for you and me. So I want to ask you to do that. But listen to what it says. It says here, it says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. That's what faith is. The biblical definition to understand what it is. Now, let me ask this question. How many of you here, when you were a kid, you loved getting excited for your birthday coming up? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. How many of you are like me, you don't really want to see it as much anymore? Can I get a witness? <laughs> right? It kind of comes a little more often than we want it to. You know, it's so funny. I see people that, uh, that, that they get older and they get in their 80s and 90s. I remember when I was like eight and I would tell people, hey, I'm eight and a half. Remember that? I'm ten and a half. I got friends now that's in their 80s and 90s and they're saying, I'm 90 and a half because they don't know if they're going to get to 91 or not. You know what I'm saying? So that's what they go back to the half years. But anyway, I remember the anticipation and the assurance that I was going to have some kind of birthday gift when I was a kid. And I loved that. And it was exciting. It created this emotion in you. But what was so cool about it is when you get those huge surprises, you never saw it coming. And it was so exciting that you get to do that. See, birthdays, they combine assurance and anticipation. And that's what faith does. Faith is the confidence that the things that's happened in your past experiences, that God's new and God's fresh surprises are going to be ours. And that's why you live with the assurance and the anticipation with God. He's going to do amazing things in your life. Faithfulness means you're going to stick with the project even when the shine wears off the project. Faithfulness means that you're not going to quit your relationship because you know even though you're screaming to quit, you're going to stick through it and you're not going to bail out. Faithfulness is, means that you're going to stick by your word even if it costs you in your life. Faithfulness is whenever you truly stay true in your relationship to Jesus Christ, that no matter how much peer pressure you feel from people in school or people at work or people in your neighborhood or people in your family, that you're going to stay true to Jesus no matter what comes your way. Faithfulness. Think about that word. You don't see it as much as we used to, do we? It's kind of sad, and you look at Hebrews chapter 6, and you skip down to verse 6. Listen to what it says. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Did you see that? It's impossible for us to please God without faith. How many of you here want to truly, in your being, and you're even questioning the Creator, maybe you're agnostic, you know something's out there, but if there's a God out there, how many of you really do want to please the God who created you? Would you just lift your hand real high? I think that's everybody here. You really do want to please God. It says here, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. Got to believe it. And that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I want those rewards, church. I don't know about you, but I want all those rewards that God has for me. And I know you do too. Earlier we sang the great hymnal. Great is thy faithfulness. And I was blessed to grow up in church and I remember as a kid, I would watch the people that I looked at as spiritual giants. And they would sing that song, and they would sing it with such passion 
And they would sing it with just from the very depths of their being, from their soul, they would sing that song. And because when you think about those people there, they were the people that at one point in time, they put their faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe that's you. You put your faith in Jesus Christ. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and we ask him to forgive us of our sins and we are born again, that means we're born a spiritual life in him. Then at that moment, the, God gives you the Holy Spirit to be able to lead your life. You receive that. And when the Spirit is in you, the Spirit will continually reveal to you and remind you on a continual basis of the faithfulness that God will have to you. When you look at the actual words of the song from Great Is Our Faithfulness, they are penned from Lamentations in the Old Testament, chapter 3. And when you read those words, you see here in the reading, this is Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah the prophet, he is broken. He is mourning over Israel. He is singing the blues. But Jeremiah, in the midst of his mourning over Israel, says these words in verse 22 and 23. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. That's amazing. Think about the realities of those saints of the church that I watched as a little boy coming up and them singing that song and what they were singing about. About great is thy faithfulness. Thy hand hath provided. Think about that for a moment. How could they sing that so loud and with such conviction? I'll tell you why. Because they had experienced the faithfulness of God. And they had seen God answer unending prayers. And they'd seen God do so much. And they'd seen the Holy Spirit comfort them in their life and love them when they went through tragedies and when they were going through struggles and whenever they had trials that they didn't think was ever going to end. And so they experienced what God could do, that God was a trustworthy God. And they had trustworthy the God under their belts with him and their relationship. So they sang it knowing that God has got their back no matter what they're going through. For many of you here, you may have just began your faith journey with God. Or you may have been on a faith journey just a few years. Just imagine with me. Whenever you're on that faith journey for one decade or two decades or three decades, man, you're going to be able to blow the roof off this place and praising Jesus. It's not just going to be karaoke on a screen, but it's going to come from the depths of your being because God has done so much in your life because the Holy Spirit of God is faithful and God is faithful. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. He's going to go with us even when this world has crumbled and gone away. That's what God's going to do for us, church. That's a great, faithful, loving God, right? But let me tell you, it's going to take uncompromising conviction. Conviction is something the church doesn't talk about much anymore. Really, when you think about conviction, conviction is being convinced about something. It's a strong belief. See, belief is knowing what you believe. Conviction is knowing why you believe it. It's the why behind what you are believing. There are people today, they may believe something and they'll argue about what they believe. When somebody has a conviction, they're willing to die for it. See? The big difference in that. When you think about when it comes to this strong conviction that you have, strong convictions will always precede great actions in our lives. Reminds me of a story of a young engineer here in Tennessee. He and his fiance wanted to get married and it was a little ways off and 
So the engineer's company offered him a two-year assignment in Ireland to go there and to be able to work there. Well, he and his fiance talked it over and they decided that they would go through with this and that she had a job here and he could go there and work and they would save their money and then they would take their money, pool it together and put a sizable donation down on a home. So what does he do? He says his goodbyes, he takes off. They only don't get to see each other for two years in body. They actually do the phone calls or they do the emails and things like that. But he calls her and, and at times and, and he, she talks to him and he talks to her. And, and next thing you know, the engineer here, he declares her passion and tells her how much he loves her and how much he misses her. However, he admits that he does get tempted at times to all of these beautiful little Irish lasses. And so, next thing you know, the engineer from his fiancée gets a package in the mail that had two things in it. It had a note from his fiancée and it had a harmonica. And she said, hey, I love you very much and, and my heart is with you. I'm sending you this because I want you to learn to play the harmonica so it will be used through your practicing to keep your mind off those young Irish girls. So he replied and said, thank you for the harmonica. I'm practicing every night. I'm only thinking of you. Well, his two-year stint ended, and he got to fly back to the U.S. He gets back home to Tennessee, and his, his uh, fiance and the whole family's there, and they're there to welcome him. And he comes running out there, has his eyes on her, runs up to kiss her, and she throws her hand up in her face and says, hold up a minute, Billy Bob. Let me hear you play that harmonica. Let me say this to you, and I want you to listen to me closely. You'll never be faithful to anything you're not convinced about. Never. Uncompromising conviction. It's so important we understand that. Because you can't be faithful to anything you're not fully convinced about. Listen to what Paul said to the Corinthian church in his second letter to them. He said, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Paul is challenging us all here in this word to do a spiritual checkup. Take a look in your life. See if your faith is truly, truly genuine. We should look for that growing awareness of Jesus in our life. We look for the growing awareness of his presence. We look for the growing awareness of his power in our lives. See, the Holy Spirit in our lives concerning faithfulness reminds us once again and reveals to us of the faithfulness of God. But where are we at in our faithfulness to God? See, faith in God will enable him to be God in my life. Faithfulness in God will enable him to be God in your life. That's what he wants to do. When you think about the beginning point of when we have faith, that's believing in God's character of who he says that he is. The ending point of believing in God is God's promises that God is always going to do what God says he's going to do. Faithfulness for each one of us here today is that each of us become the man and the woman of our word. It's very important that our word becomes our bond and someone can take it to the bank through the uprights, through the swoosh of the net. Several areas. 
to be men and women of, of our word and first and foremost in our relationships. Think about your relationships when it comes to your marriage. When it comes to even thinking of being married, we need to be men that are going to do everything we can do to serve our wives as Christ served the church and gave his life for. That we provide our, for our wives, that we protect our wives, that we lead them and that we pray with them and we serve them. God is faithful. Are you faithful in your marriage, man, or the marriage you're considering? Same thing, ladies. We serve, you submit. You get a good man that's serving, you'll want to submit to him. I promise you that goes both ways. Think about our kids and our relationships. One of the one thing that I hear so much is a lot of the heartbreak and, the, and, and things with kids and ministry and they tell me and people grow up with these gaping wounds in their lives. You know what they really are when you think about the gaping wounds from their parents? It's the things their parents told them and they never followed through. Kids always seem to have these level of resentment of broken promises that breaks their hearts. That dad said he would always be here and he walked out and we haven't seen him since. Her mom told me that she was going to come to my recital and I practiced so hard and I looked through the back doors as I play the piano and they never show up. Or dad told me he's going to play with me when he gets home but every time that he gets home dad just sits in his chair and says I'm too tired hon maybe tomorrow. Our relationships. What about your friends? Are you a man and woman of your word when it comes to your friendship? When your friend says Will you help me? Do you help them? When your friend says, would you please pray for me? Do you make it a mark of your own integrity to say, I will, and then you lead them in prayer or you lift them to the Lord in prayer? Men and women of our word and our relationships. I'll tell you something that's very important as well. That is the mark of what people see in God's people in the community. And that is our word when it comes to our careers when it comes to your career are you doing everything you can do or are you just doing what little you can to get by you say that you're willing to work over but you don't do it you're saying you're going to come in early but you don't do it you're saying that you're going to be a person that is going to take care of something you say i'll take care of it myself but it goes undone and your word goes by the wayside maybe it's a situation where that you fudge the books so you pay less taxes Maybe it's a situation where that you and a friend are together in this deal and you're not doing your part and they're doing more than the load. See, when it comes to integrity, when it comes to commitment, you know what's happening in our nation today? Lying and unfaithfulness is costing companies money abroad because everybody wants what they want. But they fail to know that your word is your bond and your sacrifice is needed. Men and women of our word and our relationships. Men and women of our word when it comes to our careers. Most of all, men and women of our word when it comes to our relationship with God. God never lies to us. God always tells us the truth. And our faithfulness to God will always be paramount for who we are. And God will always test me and you when it comes to our relationship with him God tests us in three particular areas the first one he tests us with our time he gives us all the same amount of time we all get 168 hours we all get that each week and he's looking to see how we use it but yet why is it that we're burning the candle at both ends and we're running at breakneck speed is God anywhere in that 168 hours beyond an hour or maybe of worship when it comes to a quiet time 
Do you run out the door and don't even think about, okay, God, I need you today. (laughs) Have you taken five minutes to say, God, I'm going to read your word and let your heart of you speak to me. And then I'm going to pray to you and have that relationship. See, when you take time to talk to God, starting with just five minutes, God will multiply the rest of your day. He's done it for me for years. When you get up a little bit early, and then you get up a little bit early, that devotion that you give to God and the private heart and chambers of your life will prepare you for what you don't know you're going to face in the public arena of your life on any given day. You understand what I'm saying? God will multiply your time. And it's so important in that devotion. What about your kids? We spend a lot of time with our kids. We're more interested in our kids' batting average than we know that they know God in their heart a lot of times. We get so caught up in the arena of what they're doing on the ball field. We get so caught up in the arena of how good their GPA is, and there's nothing wrong with those things. Those things are wonderful. But here's what I want to tell you. Above all that we give our kids, the greatest gift you'll ever give your child that will go with them beyond your life, parents, greatest gift is Jesus hands down hands down yes teach them to be able to to bat be able to kick the ball to be able to to be able to have a great GPA all those things are great but please 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 understand that when you pray with those kids before they leave to go to school that's the greatest gift you can give them each day that you pray with them and you say we're gonna pray and we're gonna seek God before you go It's that important that we understand that, that you pray with your spouse. A lot of times I talk to so many married couples and they don't even pray with their spouse. Hey, do like Shannon and I did. When we first got married, we didn't didn't pray open either. We would grab each other's hand in the bed and we'd start to pray and then one of us would say amen. That's how we started off. But let me tell you what, when you're grabbing your spouse's hand, there ain't no room for the enemy between you. No room. Don't give him room. Be a man of your word. Be a woman of your word. Have the integrity. Have the commitment. God casts us with his, in our our time and what we're doing in that. But also, when you think about worship, I'm so glad you're here today. Worship has got to be, you know what a regular attender is today? If you attend 2.3 times a month. What happened? I understand if you're sick. I understand if you're out of town on vacation or you're out for work. That, that's very understandable. But where did we ever say that somebody regularly attends at 2.3 times a month? It's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. Man, I want to be here with you. I want to be here with our people. Yes, we're all going to be times we're going to be out of town. That's, I get that, okay? But man, if you are here, I hope and pray that you're going to be here worshiping God. He says in Hebrews 10, 25, to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some. I don't want to be that some. Do you? I don't want to be that some. I know God's got a word for me when I get to come to church and be with you guys. And I hope and pray that that's your attitude with it. So that's your time. Talents is something else. God, is he has made so much investment in every one of us. You've got some talents that somebody else hasn't got. And they've got something that you haven't got. And when God invests in us, he wants some ROI out of the deal. You understand what I'm saying? He wants a return on his investment. So it's important you understand that the life and the talents that God has given you is not just for you. It is to help other people. That's why that I always challenge people about serving here at Freedom Church. If you're here and you want to call this home, ask yourself, where am I serving? Because you can have the opportunity to serve in front of the scenes, behind the scenes, on Sunday, during the work. But I just want to challenge you because God's going to bless your socks off whenever you begin to serve him. And if you want to serve, here's what I want to challenge you to do. Just write the word serve on one of those cards in the seat. 
and just drop it in the offering. We'll follow up with you. We'll give you an opportunity to do according to your schedule. God will bless you because that's one of our core values is, is everyone serving. And if you really don't understand your giftedness in our Pathway to Freedom class, it is the third class that we do. You can find out how gifted you really are and how God wants to use you in an amazing way. So he not only tests us with our time, he tests, our, he tests us with our treasures. You know, it's amazing to me that all the blessings that God gives us in this life when it comes to the matter of finances. And what blows my ever-loving mind is when people talk to me about praying to God about additional things in their life. But the question is, if you check your check registry and God's not in your check registry on a regular basis to his house, then you might need to do a spiritual checkup before you pray and ask God for more. God is looking for tithes and offerings from us. And let me say this, I, this is not a message about money. If you don't, I, I care so much that you tithe and you give to God that if you don't want to give it here, that is just fine. Go to a church and give it somewhere else that you will be blessed as, my, as the Word of God tells us we will be blessed. That's how much I want you to do that. God's going to take care of this house with or without you. I want you personally to be blessed. So you should start somewhere. Something I've always wanted to practice for my wife and I is 10, 10, 80. I tithe off the top with 10, save 10, live on the rest because there's a rainy day coming, right? So start somewhere and do something because here's a question I'm going to ask you. Don't you listen closely. It's just very common sense. But you and I know common sense isn't too common anymore, okay? How can you expect God to bless you with more? If you don't give back what he's already blessed you with. Right? It's a question to deal with. You either love God and use money, or you love God, you love money and you use God. It's one of the two things right there. God gives us faith tests of our time, faith tests of our talents, and faith tests of our treasure. I want you to think with me just for a moment. Just imagine. Just imagine it. If every single one of us here that call this church home, that are a part in a 10 Freedom Church on any given Sunday, if we got really, really serious about keeping our word, imagine the impact that it could have. What would it be like in Sumner County and beyond as a result of our honesty, the result of our integrity, the result of our commitment with our faith in God? Imagine the attention that it would get on God because God was all over you and God was all over me. Imagine when people would look at you, totally sold out to him in our time, totally sold out to him in our talents, totally sold out to him when it comes to our treasures. What an amazing, faithful impact that we could have because our faith in God enables him to be God in my life. Our faith in God enables him to be God in your life. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. You know, James, the stepbrother of Jesus, he didn't believe his stepbrother was the Messiah, Yeshua. Till after Jesus rose from the grave, he grew up with him. I can just imagine James telling Mary, his mother, uh, Mama, Mama, Jesus is, Jesus is walking on the, the water out here again. But he still didn't believe. But listen to what he says here. James chapter 1 verse 3. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has the chance to grow. See, God will not only show up in your faith, but also he will show up when you doubt. He will show up when your faith is fractured. 
And it, you're, you're wondering, is this thing going to work out, God? I don't think it's, it's going to work out in my relationships. I don't think I'm going to be able to make the payment. I don't think my health is going to get any better. I don't think I'm going to be able to shake the chains of addiction. God, help me. My faith is fractured. But then we look at a guy named Peter. He denies the Lord three times. And he said, oh, I'll stand with you. I'll die with you, Jesus. No, you won't. If you're going to hear the rooster crow three times, you're going to know how much you've denied me. And he wept. The Word of God says bitterly when he did. One of the Gospels there, Jesus looked at him. When they were beating Jesus, taking Jesus through these trials. Listen to what he said. After going through the pain of his faith being fractured. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. Is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is more, more precious than mere gold. Far more. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed whole world those that do not have their faith in God one day he will reveal himself to the world and we'll find me and you exactly where we are you know I've been thinking a lot been praying a lot seeking God a lot how to lead myself how to lead my home how to lead our church And you know, this uh, just past few weeks I've had some health issues, not anything real serious, but just things I've been looking at. And another evening, Shannon and I were driving home and I was, I was pretty sick. I was nauseated. And I just looked at her. And I said, I'm ready to go. She looked back at me and said, I ain't ready for you to go. <laughs> Is your, faith is your faith where you're ready to go? Is your faith where somebody watches you and they know where to go? Thank you, Lord. I didn't mean to say that. That's him. Is your faith where that you know where to go? And is your faith where that when someone watches you, they know where to go? when I get whenever I cross over I don't know when that's going to be but the day that my heart beats the last time and I breathe my last breath the apostle Paul says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord for a Christian I want to look at Jesus and I want to hear him say well done my good and faithful child. You've been faithful over a few things. Now enter in to the joy of the Lord. And those will be the greatest words that you and I will ever be able to hear. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. The true juicy fruit. Stand with me as we sing, as we, as we pray. Heavenly Father, we praise your name today and thank you, God. 
for your faithfulness to us so much that you would even allow your only son to give his life. Not just for those that tried to be good, but for even the bad and those that are so messed up in the world, God, you died for all of us as sinful people. We as people put degrees on sin, but you died for all sin. Thank you for doing that for us. Thank you for your faithfulness to us, Lord. God, in return, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that we be faithful in return to you. That we're faithful to know where we're going to go and as people watch us in our lives, they know where to go and they see the faith of you in our lives to be such a bright light of witness. Today, as we continue praying, I ask you this question. Has your faith lost its flavor? Has it waned in some way? If it has, would you seek God today with the sincerity of your heart and say, God, I want my faith to grow and flourish in you? How many of you here would, would say that your faith has been fractured, you've been hurt, you're carrying a load of things going on in your life, whether it's something to do with relationally, it's got to do something financially, or it's got to do something emotionally, or whatever it is. Your faith has just been challenged. Would you just lift your hand to God in heaven right now? Because he already knows it. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands up everywhere. Would you pray and seek God right now and say, God, I want my faith to flourish. Heavenly Father, Lord, right now, God, thank you for the honesty of the people here, God, today. We pray for them, God, that their faith is going to flourish, God. We know, God, that we go through stress and struggles and strains, God. We go through trials. We go through tragedies, God. And it seems like, God, we get hit at every end, God. But we know, God, you know what it's like because your son Jesus went through that for us by giving his life on the cross. So, God, right now, as you are so faithful to us, you never lie to us. You're always truthful to us. You're always there for us. You said you'd go with us even in the end of the world. Find us faithful. May our faith flourish like never before in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name. As we continue praying right now, maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ. Christians, you're praying right now. You've never given your life to Christ and he's knocking on your heart's door. He's giving you a seat of faith to receive him as your king, as your Lord, as your savior. So right now, as Christians and prayers and heads bowed, I want to ask you right now, if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord is knocking on your heart's door and you need to receive him as Lord and Savior, would you just lift your hand real high, look at me up here, just lift your hand real high, look at me up here and say, I need to receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Just lift your hand real high, go straight up real quick, and then just say, well, then we're going to pray. Just lift it up. All right. All right. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, no one prays alone. Let's pray together. Say this with me. Heavenly Father. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord, I want to ask him to be my Savior. Please forgive me of my sins. I want to be born again. Save me. My life is yours. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. Let's give our great God praise. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today online. We know that you weren't able to join us in the auditorium, but that's totally fine because you've made this a priority in your life to make sure that you are receiving God's word. If you received Christ for the first time today, that's absolutely awesome, but we want to know about it. So if you can, if you're on Facebook, in the description there's a link. Go ahead and hit that and fill it out 
uh, on our connection card that you receive Christ. If you're on our website, if you're on an app, hit the menu at the top and you can do the same thing from there. So if you're already on the connection card, you probably are noticing some other next steps that might be interesting to you. If you are interested in any one of those, just check those and when you submit that, it'll inform us and we can be in contact with you to answer any questions that you may have about those next steps. So this is the time of our service where we're gonna jump into our giving. At Freedom Church, we believe that you can't outgive God. This is just another act of worship where we trust God with what He has blessed us with. If you're on Facebook, again, in the description, there's a link there. You can give securely, safely on the website and the app. Also in that menu, you can see a place to do that as well. But just because we're in the, the time of technology doesn't mean you can't do it the old-fashioned way. There is an address at the bottom of the screen that you can send it to and it'll, come, it'll show up safe as well. Or just drop it by the office anytime Monday through Thursday between 8 and 5 and we will receive it. Other than that, you have a great day.